Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts us all. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. This episode of the Broadband Bunch is sponsored by ETI Software, your zero-touch automation experts. By Calix, simplify, excite, grow. By DXTEL, creators of the Harper Broadband Marketing Library. By ITK Solutions Group, process first, technology second. And by Utopia Fiber, building a more connected nation. Hi, everyone in broadband land. This is your host, Brad Hine, and welcome to another episode of the Broadband Bunch. Today's guest has blazed a trail for a bootstrap broadband operation out of Cary, North Carolina, and most recently Tampa, Florida, also with projects ranging from the mid-Atlantic region and throughout the southern U.S. TXN was founded in 2011 and was inspired by hardworking blue-collared individuals. TXN Wireless is a telecommunications solution provider committed to building out wireless infrastructure to connect communities today for the wireless world of tomorrow. TXN Wireless offers everything from installation, maintenance, optimization, specialty fabrication, and decommissioning of retired technologies. They live by the mantra that no job is too small. Join me as I welcome the founder and president of TXN Wireless, Nicole Cotter. Nicole, welcome to the Broadband Bunch. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure for us. And, you know, as we spoke uh, a couple months ago, your your story is very compelling to us and and how you really started with an idea um, in the area you live and, and kind of bootstrapped this whole thing from the ground up and from scratch. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about TXN and how you kind of uh, in, in your origins and how you kind of successfully fitted into this industry? Right. Uh, yeah, I grew up in upstate New York and um, I uh, never really was made to feel like I couldn't do anything everybody else was doing. Um, I spent a lot of time with my stepfather growing up and, uh, you know, just was never thought anything different of, of stepping into a, a man's role, I guess, as people would say. Everyone asked why I entered into a male-dominated industry, and honestly, it didn't even dawn on me <laughs> until you know <laughs> a few years in, and people, I keep hearing this over and over. Um, but as you said, yeah, I grew up around a lot of blue-collar, blue hardworking individuals, and I wanted the opportunity to give them a career path that they could really not just survive, but thrive. And I feel like in telecom, there are so many different opportunities that that was a no brainer. Um, I actually ended up in telecom. I was asked to help on a job site and uh, this was 11 years ago. So it was, oh, you just have to sit in the truck. Uh, but that's not me. So by about <laughs> noon, I was out with the mag drill and a bottle of simple green spraying it and, uh, and drilling out these steel to send up the tower. Um, and it kind of went on from there. Wow. That's very cool. So, um, so how, how did you know that there was an actual need in the market? Now, obviously you were, you were exposed to it the way you just explained, but you know, how was there a need that you saw in what drove you to 
basically start your own business from scratch and start recruiting people and figuring out everything you needed um, to uh, to launch this wireless business? Well, I saw that there was a need. I really wanted to be able to offer quality individuals. Um, we always focus on quality over quantity, um, which is why we've been around for a long time. And sometimes a lot of people still haven't heard of us, but we like to uh, stay small, produce quality work and that takes quality individuals and anybody who owns a company or hires people understands that struggle. Uh, so yeah, my focus was just to be able to bring hardworking individuals like I grew up around into an industry that uh, is thriving. So uh, describe for our listeners kind of a day in the life of what Nicole Cotter goes through right now with, uh, with TXN. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, that can be anything from working in the office, uh, run materials sometimes, meeting with customers. Um, my favorite days are when I get to surprise some of the crews with lunch or coffee, something like that. Um, but you never know. I always say CEO is, is chief everything officer. There is literally nothing I won't do. <laughs> I think my favorite story is one time I showed up on a job site and, uh, and just got out and started picking up trash on the ground because uh, it needed to be done. And someone's asking, a new guy on the crew was asking, who's that chick picking up garbage? They're like, dude, that's the owner. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no job is too big or too small for me either. I always tell my guys, you know, I'd never ask you to do anything I wouldn't be willing to do myself, which is why I hold my contract certifications and everything as well, even though I don't climb on a regular basis. Um, yeah, I thought that was important. So chief everything officer indeed. So, um, <laughs> cleaning up, uh, project sites, uh, um, you, there's no end to what you're going to do in, on a daily basis. Um, yes, sir. so uh, describe a little bit about, you know, you started a business for our listeners out there. Um, you had to, you had to get a crew. How did you start to gather that crew? How did you start to get the word out? How did you start to evaluate and train? Kind of kind of walk through all those and kind of what your vision is around that. Uh, for me, it was, it was really word of mouth as far as growth, but I really just lucked out with that first group of guys. Um, I had, again, while I was at the base of the tower with the mag drill, I'm in my head doing math, figuring out, okay, I can pay for, you know, insurance, I can pay for this, we've got enough tools for uh, a crew, etc. But I couldn't cover payroll. And so I told them, okay, I'll cover your hotels and your food. But I need you to wait out these net terms with me. Can you wait on payroll? Uh, I also included beer. Don't ever do that with uh, a <laughs> tower <tower> group. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they were they were great, great guys. They stood by me. They all toughed it out. Uh, we toughed it out shoulder to shoulder, and um, and then it just grew from there. Wow. So, you know, a couple of years ago, you talk about growth. Um, you know, obviously, in the last um, last two years, we ran into a global pandemic, which um, I think for technology purposes, and, and maybe you'd agree, um, we kind of had technology and know-hows and skill kind of waiting there that we hadn't really tapped until the pandemic came around and we started to get organized remotely. We started using software a little better. We were forced to. So right. I, I'm curious how you transitioned through that uh, the beginning of that COVID era and 
in over the last two years. How, how did it affect you? What were some of the challenges you went through? I mean, we were lucky enough to uh, not really slow down much. Uh, obviously, we did have some issues with materials. There were these certain breakers that I swear were like gold. We ended up having to pay about triple the price just to get the job done. But, you know, when you need to close out a site and get it done, you just you do whatever you can to make that happen. So uh, we definitely felt it in our pockets. Um, I think our guys were just very happy they were able to continue to work uh, throughout that process. And, and my heart went out to so many people who just suddenly did not have a job. Uh, so we did whatever we could to um, that was a good opportunity to introduce some new people to the industry. Uh, but yeah, that was a difficult time for everyone. I hear you. I, I remember speaking to a lot of um, uh, wireless internet operators at the time and, um, and <clears throat> all of the changes they were going through with, you know, having to de uh, deploy new subscribers, deploy new network and certain limitations based around that. So, so as you shared, there were supply issues that, that affected you and your teams from, from setting up the networks, but it sounds like the prices were hiked. You just adjusted and, and did what you needed to do to get the job done. Yes, sir. So what were some of the other challenges you might've dealt with? You were, were you dealing with, um, um, uh, staffing issues, um, were, were people readily available or were you having to kind of retool and repurpose your staff as well as retrain? How, how did you handle all that? Um, being an essential service, uh, we didn't really feel much of a change in that regard. Um, it's just a constant struggle to get climbers. I mean, I think it's just, it's difficult. It's a hard life on them. Hmm. You know, whenever, whenever my admins in the office will, will complain about not getting an email back right away or this or that, um, about anybody out in the field, I stop them dead in their tracks and say, you know, when you're in here sitting in the AC, they're up at the top of a tower sweating their butts off. Uh, you know, when you're in, in the sun, you know, cooking. Right. And when you're in here in the heat, they're out there freezing. So, you know, I don't want to hear any of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a really tough life. It's a tough job, especially being out on the road. I understand that, which is why we really are focused on certain markets over the last few years, we've really focused more on, as, as you said, in the beginning, mid Atlantic region, and um, now Florida, Tampa, Florida, uh, because we like our guys to be able to be home at night, if possible. Um, and in most cases, we've got a, a great reputation so that we can kind of pick and choose our customers and make that happen for our guys. Because I think a stable home environment is very important. It gives them, you know, something to look forward to at the end of the day. But also, it, it's just important for them to have those strong family ties, and they can then come to work whole and ready to go. And um, and it's nice when you see that not making a, a negative impact on family lives. So you're growing a culture with within your business now of. Um, kind of a family culture. And it sounds like you've been very successful, like tracking a certain type of individual and making sure that they're committed to the work and the job. Um, yes, sir. And so uh, you mentioned climbing poles. Um, I can't imagine a pole climber uh, in the state of Florida in the summer 
um, in South Carolina and what they're having to do to get their job done on a daily basis. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm sure you're out there with a truck. I mean, can you, can you, do you ever run through challenges, uh, is such like that in the, in, in the hot days of the summer? Um, I mean, yeah, you, you get up early and you start as early as you can. So you can kind of focus more on things that, that aren't so, in the heat in the middle of the day, but then that also means you're working a little bit later into dusk because, you know, we got to get it done no matter what. Um, but I love my crew's mentalities because everybody is a team, you know, they all can replace one another. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a great way that everybody feels that the workload is spread between them evenly and equally. And even though, you know, the, the CM could be sitting in the truck with the AC on. You never, ever see that. And I think that's what sets Team TXN aside. Wow. So you clearly must have been impassioned to start a business like this 11 years ago, <laughs> knowing uh, a lot of the work that's ahead of your teams and the organization you have to have. So what continues to give you this passion about your job and, and, and in the industry? Uh, I think because in the first few years I was there, I saw it hands on. Um, I was out in the field, you know, when we first started, we would finish one job and then I would be driving the guys to the next site while they're sleeping. And then I'd be working on the closeout package. Maybe I'd get a little sleep, then they'd get back in and we'd go off again. <laughs> um, so I think actually being out there and having experienced the conditions and, and just, really getting an understanding of what it's like. Uh, I think that's helped me to be able to relate better and, um, and given me more focus on, on what we need to do to make their, their jobs easier and their lives better, their work lives better. That's a great point. Still building that culture. Like you're saying, um, <clears throat> you know, you and I talked, um, briefly back in December and we, we talked about, uh, a lot of the funding that's available. Um, how are you seeing that funding hitting the market? I mean, are you seeing, um, in, in terms of setting up wireless infrastructure, like, are there just projects and jobs all over the place? You know, what what are some of the things that are driving that from the federal government, and and uh, how how are you reacting to all this? Uh, I haven't seen it so much on my side uh, in towers, but definitely in the fiber build out. Um, a rural broadband initiative. Absolutely. And I think as long as it's being allocated to capable individuals, it's a great program. And it's uh, clearly something we saw that was absolutely necessary during COVID. I mean, everyone needs to be able to have access to high speed internet. And I think that is, it, it's a necessity. Wow. And that it is. Um, um, we've, we've talked many times on this show about, um, broadband as a utility starting to lapse other utilities and, and other than electricity, maybe being number two on that, on that whole list. Right. Uh, so you, you mentioned something about fiber. So that's a great way for me to segue into um, you have a new business that uh, you're just getting into now since, uh, since we first contacted each other, um, you know, mid last year, you're telling me a little bit about it a couple weeks ago. Um, so can you share with our audience, it's, it, it's an introduction, I guess, for you into uh, <clears throat> deploying hybrid networks now. Can you share some of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of my 
first customers ever was Site Resources Incorporated. And um, Amy and Monty Edge had led that company and they did an outstanding job. And uh, so just recently over the past few weeks, uh, Amy Edge and myself started up a fiber company. Um, so we saw a need to bring broadband into underserved communities. And, uh, I just wanted to bring the best team possible to market to fill that need. And, um, as I said, we worked under their leadership, uh, back in, I guess it would be 2012 when I first, uh, I first started in 2011. So it was probably about 2012 as they were my second customer. And, uh, they were just pioneers in the industry. They were known for creating a new standard and excellence in telecom. So, I have no doubt that we can bring that same, you know, passion and perfection uh, to the fiber industry as well. So I'm excited about that partnership. I felt like it was really a no-brainer to choose them uh, when I when I went out on this new venture. So I'm I'm confident we can deliver. So you yeah, so you've spent ten or eleven years deploying wireless networks and and really seeing at the ground level how all that works and having to manage it. Uh, at a high level also, um, the business itself. So you, you've you jumped in with both feet with some partners to uh, to the fiber business now. So maybe I'll re-ask this question I just asked. So knowing of all the funds that are out there now being allocated for the federal government, you know, these, these numbers start with a B, billions that we're right. seeing now. Um, so I'm sure you're watching this. So um, and how is this hitting the market for you for the for the fiber side? I'm sure uh, you and Amy and team are uh, probably um, you know sharpening your tools and ready to jump on it. Uh, it's something that we're definitely keeping an eye on, but uh, I think first and foremost we want to make sure that we have a solid team built up and um, we have a great foundation for that set. Uh, but we need to we also need to be able to be, you know, responsible with those funds and, and would take that very seriously. So um, I, I definitely have an eye on all of that. But as of right now, we're just getting a solid foundation set so that we can uh, be one of those responsible stewards of, of that funding. That's great. I, I think so. Starting now, we've, we've kind of talked about your past and up to this point. Um, do you do you believe you're going to see a lot of hybrid networks, meaning like mixed wireless, as well as um, as well as fiber to the to the node, to the curb, to the home, um, or do you think companies will use uh, wireless as a strategy on the outskirts of their of their footprint? You know, how do you see this playing out in terms of uh, how we will will see broadband deployed in the near future? Oh, that's a good question. The world may never know. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, with the way things change in telecom, even on just the tower side of things, I mean, I, I, not only on a on a weekly and monthly basis, but a daily basis sometimes, I think it, it would be hard to even say. Uh, but I, all I know is that I'm going to be sure that our teams are, are well equipped and educated to handle whatever changes come about. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I wanted to ask you a little bit when we, when we spoke initially, um, knowing all the responsibilities you have daily at work and now getting into a new business, you, you obviously, you have a family and a home life and, um, there are some other associations and hobbies and, uh, and volunteer work that you actually do, um, locally in your area too. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I actually just recently got married the beginning of December. So uh, that's exciting. And um, congratulations. Thank you so much. Uh, I have two young girls. They're great. Uh, my, my, I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. Uh, my nine-year-old is is hilarious because she's always shocking her friends, saying that her mom has her emergency heels in the back of the truck, you know, right next to her hard hat and work boots, and they can't conceive it. Uh, but my my daughter Ariana is hilarious because anytime we drive anywhere, that's the four-year-old. Uh, every single tower you go by. My mom built that. My mom did that tower. That's my mom's tower. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But it's hilarious. So, um, and I think it's important for them to see that it's empowering. And and I want them to know they can take hold of their futures and pursue absolutely any career or industry that they want without all the stereotypes and social norms that are attached. Wow, that's fabulous. You know, we, uh, with a lot of the work that we do with the Broadband Bunch, we come into contact with a lot of associations, including there's one called Women in Fiber, mm-hmm. um, which is very prominent, a great organization that's just growing like crazy. Um, it sounds like you could, with your own family, you could probably start Women in Wireless. <laughs> well, I think we have enough enough of those wonderful, uh, <laughs> I don't need another thing on my list, but <laughs> there are a lot of great, um, great groups like that out there. And I actually did look into Women in Fiber and I have submitted to be a part of their board or of their um, their group there. Um, and you had mentioned before any associations that I had with other um, volunteer groups. Sorry, the, the word yeah. is slipping in my mind. Um, I do a lot of work with the Okanichi Council for Scouts. Uh, used to be Boy Scouts of America, but now it's known as Scouts as they're uh-huh. accepting girls as well. Um, so with them, I'm a member of the Endowment Committee. Um, the finance committee. I'm a co-chair for their auction every year. Um, last year we raised over 1.5 million um, for the Friends of Scouting breakfast, and I am the youngest member on their board. Wow, impressive! It sounds like you can't say no to any appointment. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, yeah, though. That's great. I'm going to add that to my something to work on in 2022. <laughs> 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 but I mean, aside from that, yeah, I just I do like spending time with family. I like being outdoors. Fitness is important to me. Um, you know, art. I like to do clay shoots and golf. So uh, never a dull moment. That's for sure. <laughs> wow, that's great. That's great. So uh, we have a couple questions that we ask on the broadband bunch when uh, towards the end of the episode, and mm-hmm. I'm always interested in, in the different responses that I get, but one of them is called the back to the future question. And uh, essentially, if you had, you know, uh, your back to the future time machine DeLorean, and you could go back to the start of TXN, maybe, you know, pre 2011, um, is there anything that you wish you knew or that you might do differently, uh, knowing what you know now? I would have walked into every possible elementary school I could and presented to them all of the opportunities that telecom has to offer. And by the time they graduated, I would have had a whole bunch of climbers. Um, But that's actually another thing I forgot to mention in Scouts. I just added um, their Explorers program to my list of involvement. And it's somewhat like an apprenticeship program. 
So mm-hmm. it goes up to the age of 20. And so we'll get some Eagle Scouts out on some towers and get some fibers in their hands and whatnot and get them uh, learning a little more about telecom. That is fabulous. Gearing for the future. That's great. I love to see that the training for your business and you know, obviously telecommunications is a massive industry and, and getting the education to the youth of America early on. That's great. Yes, sir. Uh, so we also ask our crystal ball question. I'm, and I'm curious, and I, I kind of asked this in, in a few words earlier, but, um, if you were to, to step into the future, uh, five, 10 years from now, where do you see, um, TXN and some of your new, um, your new fiber projects in business going there? Where, where do you see those? How do you see that playing out, uh, currently with uh, with everything you're doing? I mean, it's hard to say. I think everything is constantly evolving so quickly and um, there's so much new coming in from every direction at every given point in time. So I really, I feel like 10 years, especially in any form of technology is just, that's, that's so hard to predict. Um, but Whatever it is and whatever it brings, as I said in the past, you know, I, I'll be sure that we're ready for it. And um, and we have a, our hand on the pulse of, of fiber and uh, telecom. Well, one thing is for sure there there's plenty of monies from the government coming in for infrastructure bills that uh, it's going to help that along. Um, kind of in closing, what um, we've talked a little bit about, you know, like, like we mentioned earlier, um, you, you mentioned you're in a male-dominated industry. Uh, what would you impart to you know young women in high school or you know college, just getting out of college at this point, uh, based on your experience, you know, being a founder and a president and starting a couple of businesses? What would you impart to them as to what's possible in their lives? Um, I would just I would say if it interests you, go for it, absolutely, and. Um, you know, I had mentioned uh, to my to my stepdad, John, that, you know, how I had never felt any different because I was always involved with all the same things he was, you know, shooting, riding snowmobiles, uh, whatever it was, carpentry. And, uh, you know, he said, you weren't a woman, you were just a kid and you were my friend. And I think that that's how people need to see themselves we're, we're people. If you're, if you're the best for the job, great. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, as long as you are well-equipped and you work your hardest and put your best foot forward, go for it. That's truly inspiring. And I, and I, I thank you again, Nicole, it's been great to meet you and and chat with you over the last many months. And I'm, I'm glad we finally, finally got you on the show with your, I know your crazy busy schedule that uh, we finally were able to sync up here at the beginning of 2022. But I, I wish you all the best in your business, and I'll invite you sometime in 2022 to come back and give us an update to how everything is going with TXN and some of your new business ventures. I look forward to it. Oh, that's great. Well, um, I'm Brad Hine, and I thank our listeners for, for tuning in today. And I want to wish you a great day and signing off from the Broadband Bunch.